0: Nearly 40,620 people die by
1: guns in an average year in the United States,
0: 59% of which is related to suicide, while 38% are related to homicides. And yet, little has been done to make a change in gun violence.
1: Hey everybody, welcome back to our podcast, The Gun Problem with AP Common Sense. I'm Casey. I'm Adam. I'm Julian.
2: I'm Ellie. And I'm Neha. In today's episode, we'd further discuss a growing problem in the United States, gun violence.
3: But first, a message from our sponsors. Bass Pro Shop, for all your outdoor and fishing needs, not affiliated with Bass Pro Shop. Tigers Wanted TV, catch him live at twitch.tv slash every day at 9 p.m. Eastern. And Sandy Hook Promise, know the signs, prevent senseless tragedy, creating a culture that prevents violence and harmful acts which hurt children.
4: So, gun violence. Um, Gun violence has been such a prevalent issue in the United States, um, especially compared to other countries. Uh, The issue of gun control creates a conflict within the US. So
0: why is gun violence such a prevalent issue in the United States? Well, in 2021 alone, there were 40,000 gun-related fatalities, of which 23,000 were suicides, 15,000 were homicides, and the United States' death rate is 26 times greater than other developed countries. So what are these
3: types of violence being perpetrated using guns? There are multiple different types of gun violence that have taken place in this country. Obviously, the most publicized are the ones that get the most attention, and these tend to take the forms of mass shootings. There are several different types of mass shootings, which can include school shootings, such as Uvalde, Sandy Hook, and the Columbine mass shootings. They can be considered terrorist attacks, such as the San Bernardino shooting and attempted bombing. They can be perceived as hate crimes, such as the Buffalo supermarket shooting, in which the victims were primarily African American. And they can be general mass shootings in the public, such as in Las Vegas, which is one of the deadliest mass shootings ever to take place in America. Despite the amount of publicity these get, however, mass shootings are not the most prevalent form of gun violence, taking the top being suicides and homicides. Which are the greatest, have the greatest numbers of gun violence among all events in the country. So, as you know, the United States
0: has a mental health crisis where there are a lot of cases and incidents of mental health issues, but there's not the support system in place in order for these people to go get the treatment that they need. On top of this, there is a wide access to guns in the United States with guns being perpetrated in multiple households in certain regions. Um, These two issues compound on top of each other, leading to mentally ill people having access to weapons, leading to them
3: being able to either harm themselves or harm others. It's not just mental illnesses specifically that lead to gun violence, as other mental problems can lead to this too. Some of these can include experiencing trauma and violence during childhood, and living in a neighborhood where violence is more prevalent as a child. So the main issue facing, well, guns and how widespread they are in America is, of course, what guns tend to be used for, which unfortunately does tend to be killing of other individuals. And a lot of the times it's our fellow humans that are the ones caught in the firing lines. So what are some of the reasons that these issues are so prevalent in America as opposed to other countries?
0: Well, I think for one that the United States has a vastly different gun culture. Than a majority of other countries, and with that comes accessibility of firearms, which can be both illegal and legal.
1: In my opinion, I do feel like, in some ways, in America, it really depends on where you live, because like there's all there's always this stereotype where like in Texas anyone can carry a can openly carry a handgun, but they do need like a permit in some way and it should be issued by like, or issued to qualified applicants.
4: I agree like with the idea that like, guns should be handed out like, uh, well not handed out like to like people, but like the individuals who are buying guns should be like watched, I guess, like background checked. Like, But I, I guess that's also where like ghost guns come in. So like, what do you guys think about that? Yeah, so
0: ghost guns, um, they're it's a quite a broad definition. Um, some ghost guns are those which are manufactured without serial numbers by citizens themselves. So like they'll find the CAD scan or the blueprint of the gun on the internet, and then they'll 3D print the parts, which essentially make it a homemade firearm which is untraceable by the government. Uh, ghost guns can also be guns which initially had a serial number and were tracked by the government yet that number has been filed off so once the gun is used to commit a crime there is basically no marking indicating that where it was purchased if it was
3: stolen or what number the gun even was yeah i think the whole issue with ghost guns also brings in the question not just the guns themselves but also the people that are using them as if in america it's so easy compared to other countries to purchase a gun why are people going to such extreme lengths to get guns that are specifically untraceable by governments or other regulating bodies?
0: Well, this also plays into gun culture where a lot of Americans or some Americans are skeptical of the government and don't trust it. Um, They feel that if the government is able to locate or know that who has a gun and who doesn't then if the government became tyrannical then they would be able to take control of the citizens more easily. Um, This has led to, I guess, massive distrust in terms of federal agencies like the ATF, which regulate these um, firearms and illegal guns.
1: Yeah, um, I do feel like there's like a lack of regulation considering like one example would be the 2017 Las Vegas shooting, where uh, Stephen Paddock had um, at least 24 firearms, which is pretty like an incredible amount, which was not even suspected by anyone. And like the progress he went through to put these guns in his hotel room was not suspected at all
0: so were these weapons purchased illegally or illegally
1: well con- considering the amount do you feel like half of them were like or at least most of them were illegally acquired because in my point of view and my understanding there's not i'm 99 percent sure there's no way you can get at least like 24 firearms without being back background- on background checked and even just like speculated by the government's regulation.
0: Um on that note, you do bring up an interesting point about how if you purchase that many guns, you the government should be able to flag you, which is something that a lot of people are talking about with red flag laws, where there's suspicious behavior, their transaction should be flagged for review and it should be denied. But this also brings up Um, another legal loophole which is private transfers in which a private sale between two citizens there does not need to be a background check um, of the citizen being buying a weapon from the other this can also lead to guns which trade change hands um, without people actually understanding if the buyer is going to be using them for a good cause such as self-defense or if they're going to be using it with the intent to harm
2: others i think you um bring a good point where uh, people can buy guns for different reasons like maybe they're not using it for violence at all and they're instead like selling it to someone uh, in order to get the money that comes from the gun um or like for some other reason to get something that they want or need
0: yeah so overall would you all agree that um the only or the majority of these guns only benefit the gun owners or people who have jobs, families, which are related and intertwined with guns?
4: Well, to be honest, I I think it usually just like benefits the gun owners because I know there's like obviously cases where guns have helped like families like from break-ins and um, like criminals, but at the same time, guns are always purchased with the intent to hurt somebody. You know?
0: That is true, Um, but in the US, Um, Gun rights are an intrinsic part of our government with the Second Amendment itself stating that the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. So this is intrinsic to the United States and ingrained in the Bill of Rights. Meaning these people are allowed to own these guns despite the fact that guns are um, being primarily used to hurt other people. But in the same sense, while they're being used to hurt other people, um, if it is necessary, such as in a self-defense situation, do you think that morally, the person should be using that weapon in that situation?
3: Yeah, so even in a self-defense situation, I think that gun usage still is pretty nuanced, as in like, what what exactly, ki- what, what kind of gun is are you using in order to protect yourself? Like, handguns are, Typically seen as like a, as like a, I guess a more general option for people to use compared to like military-grade assault rifles, which have been controversial in the news. So like, what kind of guns are you purchasing with the intent to to defend yourself that you might need in a scenario? And additionally, with that, it's like how exactly? I lost my train of thought here. Sorry.
2: I've kind of like another um question to bring up, and I was wondering if. What do you guys think about, like, law enforcement, like, police officers in the military owning guns and using them? And how is that, like, different from any ordinary citizen?
0: Well, law enforcement and military have to act in a capacity, which is to protect citizens of the United States. And sometimes when it comes to having to deal with a threat, I think the firearms are basically the only option or viable answer they have, especially if like the suspect or perpetrator is armed with a firearm themselves. So I for one view firearms as a necessity for those who are sworn to protect the public.
1: Yeah, I do feel like um back then when, when the constitution was being made, this was the idea of firearms being used as like A way of protection when the police or any type of I guess security wasn't like fully developed and so now in the present day this kind of second amendment is like interpreted as many ways different ways as they want and it doesn't really specify anymore as like it doesn't specify the need of protection when we already have the police now and like the military and etc.
3: Yeah but even in cases like this there's times and occasions when the police won't necessarily be able to reach you like you're in a far off location or they're just spread too thin and they won't be able to respond and then sometimes that case like if you have your own life on the line your family's lives or even a business then it does beg the question as to where do you draw the line from being able to stand back and ignore things or actively be able to defend yourself, your family, your loved ones, and your property from other people?
0: Yeah, so legally speaking, um, many states have self-defense laws pertaining to use of deadly force. For example, Castle Doctrine and Stand Your Ground, where people are allowed to use deadly force when they believe it is necessary to prevent violent crimes or protect themselves and their families. Um, they legally do not have to retreat in order to, before using deadly force for self-defense in these um, situations. Um, I think that um, protecting property, families, and other people around yourself has been a cause of many shootings, but I also do think that um, the right to self-defense should be given to every American. Um, For example, in the 1992 LA riots, um, the police weren't able to respond to many incidents such as in Koreatown where the merchants were basically left defend for themselves and the only way or form of protection they had were their guns to use the self-defense.
3: Yeah, so naturally this would be a situation in which gun ownership would be beneficial to different parties. In this case, it would be the shopkeepers. But once again, this did sort of beg the question as to why they felt they did need to actually purchase the guns in the first place if the, we already have all these institutions in place that are supposed to keep everybody safe. Although we have gone over some reasons as to why that might not necessarily be the case for everybody.
0: Yeah, also with the proliferation of guns, it also leads to instances where it's a self-propagating issue. For example, um, with gang culture, um, guns are extensively used for protection, to threaten others, shootouts with other gangs and the police. And if one person has a gun, others feel, feel the need to have one as well, to have an equalizer, and this begins to spread with the old saying, don't bring a a knife to a gunfight. If others have guns, they feel that they need guns as well in order to be equal.
3: Yeah, so once again though, this does seem to be an issue in which guns do appear to be the crux of the problem and where having more restrictions on who could own a gun in the first place might stop things from spreading out of hand and allow gun violence to be reduced while keeping people safe at the same time. Also
0: on the note of using weapons for defending people's families, they can also be used in a negative way, Um, guns are seen as a form of power and are often used to threaten each other or threaten others, with many reporting that threatening others is a more common occurrence than self-defense gun usage. And when this happens, it usually involves threatening other family members, showing that guns can also have a negative impact on the family, despite um, some people arguing that their only purpose there is to protect them from harm coming from other people.
3: Yeah, oftentimes in cases of gun violence, it's the perpetrator and the victim have already known each other in the past. They've met each other, they've interacted, and they know each other to an extended degree, which does make it a lot more sad when an incident like this does
1: occur. We'll be right back after this commercial break. Do you have low no self-esteem? Babs your wife's boyfriend make you feel hopeless? Do you want to feel more manly? Well, don't worry for a treat. For a low price of $200, you can get your very own high point. No common sense needy, just point and pull the trigger. Fear a gang? Slap a 100 round bag in that bad boy. Need more protection from DMR and Kevlar? Upgrade to an AR-15 for extra penetration! want more privacy from the government? Build one yourself. We're not liable and neither are you. Well come on down to Pass Shop today. This commercial audience content on every story store created by Pass Shop.
0: So, although Americans of all races, religions, um, ages can be affected by gun violence, um, what groups do you guys feel are the ones which are most affected?
1: I feel like the group that's most effective at least recently would be uh school shootings
0: as in. So next. you say children?
1: Yeah, the children. Um especially at like such a young age the impact of a school shooting could be like very crucial in like almost long-term effects
3: i feel once again this can sort of be a self-propagating issue with the school shootings essentially it can lead to these children whose brains they haven't fully formed and developed yet can essentially desensitize them to violence and make them feel as if it's more normal in a society where violence is not this widely accepted but becomes a part of essentially everyday news and this can lead to them getting like essentially childhood traumas or not knowing that these actions are wrong and being more likely to commit them in the future which can sort of sort of a chain reaction.
2: Yeah, I think it's like uh what you're saying before about mental problems and past trauma. And this is kind of a way for the shooter to like um implement these the their trauma onto these children who are then gonna carry this situation and their uh memory for the rest of their lives and it affects their their lives, their families' lives their friends lives and everyone who they've lost um I do
1: I I do see that uh idea line along with like the normal stereotype of uh uh, mass shooters to or mass shooters to do mass shootings because of their mental illness I feel like it's like a very common stereotype that everyone puts but there's also it like the cause of their shoot shooting could also be like their thought process or even their views on a certain topic that they don't like they're like against it or they don't like it and they kind of kind of just put that anger towards the public
4: uh yeah i agree uh i think a lot of like shootings also like stem from hate crimes and like you usually like hatred towards like other races like um Colored children are more likely to die than white children, according to statistics. So, like, what do you guys think about that?
3: Yeah, specifically speaking, I think the numbers say it's about 14 times more likely for colored children to experience this type of violence than white children. And even among adults, there is still a disparity in the numbers. I believe it is 10 times more likely for a racial minority to experience violence than a white person.
2: Yeah, and I think it's kind of this way because that's the way it's always been. Like, it's always been uh the these certain racial groups are better or that's what they taught anyways and that's what everyone believed is that these racial groups were higher in society than these racial min- minorities and that's why it stems from the from back then all the way till today where it's still going on and it's still prevalent like uh such as in the case of George Floyd
0: Yeah, also, I think due to segregation, gentrification, and general xenophobia, um, a lot of these uh, racial minorities are typically found in lower income areas, um, which has been a historical trend due to the prejudice against them. Um, I also think that income does play a role when it comes to gun violence, as statistics say that between 2008 and 2012, um, There were around 3.5 instances per 1,000 where there was violence involving a firearm in lower-income communities, whereas in the highest income bracket, that rate drastically dropped to only 0. 0.8 per 1,000 cases.
2: Yeah, and I think, like, um, all of these targets are based on, like, preconceptions of what a person is supposed to be like, or, like, how... Sup- how society is supposed to function, and like if you see for low income uh families who are more um who are seen as more vulnerable, I feel like they're uh mo- more often the victims of gun violence because people think these certain things about them, and that ma- automatically makes them a target for these crimes. And I think like oh, another sort of demographic for victims of uh these crimes are um police themselves because a lot of uh um a lot of people blame police for not being able to stop these kind of situations, which I feel like they're right to blame them in certain cases, such as the Uvalde school shooting because. In that case, the police weren't doing their job, but there's a lot of other cases where they're, um, like, uh, they're not, they shouldn't be blamed because they're just as, uh, um, responsible for, um, these shootings as the people of the community.
4: I also see where you're coming from in like the sense where, like, I wouldn't say that police officers can be blamed like every single time gun violence occurs. But there also is like the, I guess like you have to think about the power that they can have over somebody. Not everyone is armed at all times. And like officers who are usually like armed with like guns and equipped to handle like certain situations.
0: Yeah, on that note about various different Americans, members of the community, police being responsible for allowing these um, traumatic incidents to happen. It also asked the question of morality, right? In terms of individuals' rights to have what? Is, the, is your right to have a firearm outweigh the cost that it might have on a family if a firearm was used to um, cause a homicide or a suicide? So some argue that based on the fact that the right to bear arms is protected in the second amendment, that they feel that owning guns is um, a staple of, or a cult. It, it's a feature of America. Yet on the other side, others argue that children's lives are at risk, being put at risk by such policies put in place. So what are your guys' stances on children's lives rights to arms and the various groups which are involved in america
1: um i feel like it still just wraps back around to like how you interpret the second amendment and how you're gonna use this said firearm because like in some cases it is true that you might use it as a self-defense mechanism but at the same time there are people who uh Use this firearm in a wrongful way or like non-ideal way by the society and like mass shootings, throwing your frustration out at the public.
0: Yeah, so groups such as gun owners will, of course, argue for their right to have arms or have guns. But at the same time, there are children and people without guns who are defenseless against these guns. And when these guns are being used to commit crimes, which affect everyone, does it actually outweigh the right to have these weapons? Morally speaking, which one weighs more?
4: Well, maybe in this case, like on guns in general and like the right to bear arms, maybe instead of like, I guess like it's kind of viewed as like, oh, the guns will be taken away if like we are taking away like the right to bear arms, then we're taking away guns completely. But I do think that guns need to be like regulated more heavily without getting rid of guns completely. And that way, I feel like it could satisfy more people and like also to keep them more safe than normal.
1: On that note, we'll be having a short break, and after that, we'll be having a viewer call in.
4: Every year, 4,000 Americans are lost to senseless gun violence. Thousands of innocents lose their friends, their family, and even their own lives. Yet Congressman John Smith cares nothing for these people. He's historically supported policies that make it even easier for anyone to buy or even make their own guns, putting the lives of countless American citizens in peril, including our youth and most vulnerable. He's even a majority shareholder in Pass bro shop. Is it a time you had a representative who truly represents you? Vote James Politician for the U.S. Senate.
1: And we're back. Oh, it looks like we already have a viewer on call. You've got Joe Viewer on the line. Let's bring him in. Hello, Mr. Viewer.
3: Uh, Hi, I would like to report an emergency. I just shot an intruder. He broke into my house in the middle of the night and started to take my TV while I was watching it. He's just laying there right now. Uh, I poked him with a stick, but he didn't react, and I think he might need medical help.
1: Sir, we'll try to help you out however we can, but while you wait, do you think that the ordinary public should be allowed to own guns?
2: But of course!
3: I mean, look what happened here tonight, what, with this man breaking into my house? I don't know what would have happened if I didn't have my trusty gun with me.
1: You say you don't know what would have happened, but something did happen tonight. Do you... Think that this person deserved to be shot.
3: Well, first of all, I think if he didn't want to get hurt, he shouldn't have come onto my property. I do feel a little bad that it ended up like this, though. I don't know anything about this guy or why he did this, and now his life might be ruined forever. Oh, God.
1: Okay, sir. Thank you for telling your story. But I'll recommend letting the police know what just went down, as well as maybe seeing a therapist after this is all over.
0: Wait, this isn't the police?
4: Oh, wow. That was certainly interesting. Well, that's all the time we've got, folks. This has been the gun problem with AP Common Sense. Don't forget to smash like and subscribe and hit that notification bell. We'll see you next time with special guest Tigers Wanted as he ushers in the new age of online streaming.